Hello and welcome to the Even Me Podcast. This is Morph. And your girl, Kim. And today we have a special guest. Today we have Tony. Tony's here to uh, answer a couple of questions and actually give us a rebuttal on a question that we had. Um, I believe it was like last week. Tony, how are you doing today? Man, I'm doing great. Good afternoon. Good evening, everyone. Thank you, Tony, for joining us on our podcast. So the question... Uh, We've asked this question before, and we want your take on it. Um, how did you know that the person you're currently with uh, was your person for a lifetime? So um, that's, a, that's a very good question. My wife and I, we met back in 2010. She's actually the cousin of my brother's wife, and we were at a, um, my brother's birthday party. And, and when I saw her, you know, we had a few words, but that was pretty much the extent of it. Um, fast forward a year later, we were going to a Texan game and and she came to the restaurant when we were in before the game and we talked, gave her my number, stuff like that. Went to the game, came back. Well, she called me like right when I left the parking lot just to see if I gave her the right number. I said, man, that was weird because <laughs> usually dudes do that, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know. Um, but she called me and, and, you know, we spoke for a little bit, but. You know, I, I didn't think I didn't think anything about it. You know, people meet, talk, and that's that's pretty much the extent of it. Um, but we started we started seriously dating. I would say like maybe two to three weeks later. Um, so my wife and I we we were dating for about four months, four or five months when we got married. Now now keep in mind, most people don't move that fast, and and most people that do move that fast don't last as long as we've lasted. So when I married her, I was actually getting ready to go to, go on a deployment for the military. And, and my wife, she found out she was pregnant. Well, my girlfriend at the time found out she was pregnant. So um, it just it pretty much just made sense. We was like, OK, we done did this. So let's let's make it work. Even though I was getting ready to leave. I kind of was I kind of had my doubts about it or whatever. But I was like, OK, whatever. Let's try it. I've never done anything like that before. <laughs> So um, we got married. I went on my deployment. Now, this is what really made me know that she was the one for me. On my deployment, I, I seen some crazy stuff. I heard some crazy stories about people in their relationships. Man, some guys came home to nothing, no money, no anything. We had guys out there that couldn't even buy themselves anything to eat off the post because their wife had just wiped them out, took all their money. Um some dude, one one guy that I know for a fact, his girlfriend, a wife, sent a tape of her having sex with another dude. Dang. And the reason why she did him like that, because she found out when he got on the deployment that he was cheating on her. So to get him back, she mailed him a video. So it was like some wild, crazy stuff. And I can honestly say, like, my wife had access to all of my money, all of my accounts, all of everything. And not one time did anything happen. Not one time did a penny come up short or anything like that so she really held it down even when i was on my deployment um i had to i had to give up power of attorney for a lot of things because i just wasn't here to make any decisions mm-hmm. and i trusted her with all that stuff not knowing her really but you know five months you don't really know a person a lot of times you you have to be with somebody for years before you even realize who they are and it's like man what what was i thinking three years ago so um, to give her access to everything that I had and, and to give her power of attorney for everything, she could have easily just screwed me over. And she didn't. And, and, and she didn't. So when I got back and we as soon as I, the day that I got back was the day that we closed on our house. I had to give a power of attorney over house like she made all of the decisions while I was overseas. And man, like she had, she really held it down. She um she took care of me. And I was like, man, because five months and she had access to everything and she didn't mess over me. I, I, I couldn't believe it. So I was like, man, I think this may be a keeper. So I know so, you're in the middle of your story. Oh, you oh want to say no. something, Kim? Yeah, yeah. I'm going to say something this time. Cause it, it may, it, this one sparked me. Uh, cause I want to ask the dude, cause you always ask, I always ask the female. So you said that you had doubts when you did, you, you know, you questioned yourself, but did you do the right thing? What made you, how did you get over those doubts? How did you, how did you, I mean, I know she did everything by the book, perfect as a wife should do, but 
how did you get over those doubts in the back of your mind? Maybe she still could do something or maybe not. I think with, with time, um, you know, I was a little nervous first month gone, you know, like, oh, man, what's going to happen then with me hearing these stories a week's in? It's like, oh, man, you know, so you kind of put your guard up, you know, not anything that I mentioned to her. But I had my guard up, you know, like, man, like, am I tripping? Did I trip out? You know, mm. s- stay prayed up and, you know, check my account <laughs> randomly. <laughs> and not, um, But but I think as time passed, it, it kind of got a little bit easier for me. The doubts just completely went away. So my question was, um, you said five months. How early is too early? I know this is one question we had uh, talked about in one of our recent podcasts. How early is too early to, let's say, move in or start trusting the the other person? I really don't believe that there's a time frame. I, I honestly don't. Um, I, I, I that's a that's a great question, I, and I don't have a definite answer for that. I can only speak for myself. I if if someone would ask me, my wife and I have been together what twelve years. They would ask me thirteen years ago. Would I marry somebody after five months? I'd have, hell no. Absolutely not. Like, that's crazy. You don't even know a person in five months. So, um, but you have people who's dated for 10 years and got married and still got a divorce. So, I mean, you, you, you just never know. I think it's just that connection and that chemistry that you guys share between each other that that determines the, 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 the pace on, you know, when you guys actually move forward with getting married. So I think it's just, it's, that's just a decision that two people have to make. So besides uh, her not wiping your bank account out, um, what else kind of, you know, clued you into that that was she was going to be the person of your lifetime? I mean, it's it's all about how we feel, right? Um, being that I was, I don't know how many miles, thousands of miles away, a different time zone. I think it was like a eight hour difference in the time zone, and for her to for me to know that it's one o'clock in the morning here. And she have to be to work at eight o'clock and we're on the phone and it's like, oh, I'm like, well, baby, you know, go ahead and go to sleep. And she's like, no, nah, because I haven't talked to you all day. And so the sacrifices that she made while I was gone, I think that kind of and, and that also made it easier with the trusting part. You know, I was like, man, she's really, you know, she made me feel like, hey, she wasn't doing anything. I, I don't think she did anything. And and that's that's what made it easier for me. I mean, that one is great because I'm starting to hear that quite a bit, even though I haven't ran into it. And I'm nervous. I I got a taste of freedom to have in my own place after 13 years. So I don't I think I'm not going to say I wouldn't. So I don't them. I don't want to jinx myself. I don't want to knock my blessing. But I'm kind of nervous. I always met. Well, after the relationship cycles, I'm going to say, uh. I did jump and move with somebody after two months and uh whoo that was fire. So I guess I'm I'm shell shocked from that situation and I'm trying to grow from it. But at at any point when y'all moved in together, did you like something when she had one of those days, like Monica said, I'm having one of those days, did you ever rethink and say, Man, why did I do this? She is all over the place. She is up one moment, down the next. And being in the military, she didn't have any doubts about you doing anything that she brought up to you or made a suggestion or just a comment about? Not while I was there. I think when I got home or whatever, we that's when she said some stuff or whatever, which kind of made me like, man, if you were thinking that, like, what were you doing? But um, I, I don't think there were any mm-hmm. points in the beginning that made me feel like, man, like I made a mistake. This this may not be what it is. I think we were so happy to. I mean, then like I said, we had a son. Um, that I hadn't. That I, I didn't meet my son until he was ten months. That's when I got out. So, um, it was it was just all excitement. I had a son. I had a wife, and everything was brand new, pretty much. Because remember, I, five months I was gone. I was on a deployment. So, for us, that first year, two years, it was like we were in honeymoon phase for. For two years, two, three years. So, but yeah, we did have those conversations. Yeah. But I think I, I did my best to try to make her feel secure in the relationship, and I, I believe she did the same as well. Yeah, it's funny you you, you mentioned that um, the way y'all met because our last guest kind of met like that. They went mm-hmm. to a party or something, and they met their significant other and been together with them for, what twenty seven years. Yeah, twenty seven years. 
So, it's, I mean, it's kind of weird. Like, I met my person working at Comcast. You know, I wasn't looking for anybody. It just mm-hmm. it just happened. Now, now we just got to find someone for Kim. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I got you, Miss Kim. You know, you got me. Look, so... So no wounded want, ducks. No wounded. That's my thing. I always find the wounded ducks. So Tony, I, I'm not looking for the ducks that I try to fix up and patch, and because that's always that's my history. Okay, so you see a duck that's waddling a little fine with his little tuxedo on, tuxedo on. That's the one I want. Mm-hmm. Not the one that's dragging his little duck web feet. Mm-mm. But, but but you know some it is it's weird that you would say that because I mean we we've had some conversations about things about this nature too. I don't know if you guys have ever heard of, of Kevin Samuels. I'm um he was like a, a YouTube legend for some people. But um one thing that Kevin Samuel Kevin Samuels went viral on was 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 talking to women and, and kind of like reading them, reading them their rights or whatever. You would have women like hypothetically speaking, you may have a woman that's four hundred pounds three kids, three different baby daddies, and she's on his show saying that she want a man that's six two, six pack, no kids, and this and that. So sometimes, and, and even with that being said, because I've, I've I've been in some rich people's homes, you know, I've seen some rich people's, and by their personal, their outside appearance, you would never know this. It's the people that's mm-hmm. dressed up in the tuxedos with the nice shoes and the shiny mm-hmm. boots, and those are the poor ones, And but those are the ones that most girls go after. And I feel like that's why a lot of times people get put in bad situations because, you know, you got this person who who is appearing to be something that they're absolutely not. And so you're wild by the, the this and the the charisma and the, the style and all this other kind of stuff. And you just you fall in love with that. You know, the sex is great and all this other kind of stuff, but you never really got a chance to know that person inside. And so. Yes, I think that's why a lot of women get caught up in bad situations um, because the guy that's dragging his foot with the raggedy shoes, he may be the, and then he may be the best thing for you. You know, you you just well, you just never know. I always get the messed up ones that I, once I patch them back together, they bite me. I, I, I did that, but yeah, you're right because I said that I said a lot, like a couple of relationships I actually got in because the sex was good, and I had this this tight. This type, mine's had to be over a certain feet. He had to be heavy set. He had to be chocolate. Had to have a beard. I mean, it 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 had to have all that stuff. And then I'm like, I had all that, and it was the worst thing ever. I mean, I was like, I was in prison. It felt like yeah. Uh, I actually heard of Kevin Samuels. I, I know who you're talking about because he he does like a live. And he talks to women and basically breaks them down because what they're looking for. And it's like, woman, you broke. Ain't no man going to look for you. You got five different baby daddies. You know, no man with million dollar home is going to come looking for you. But and that's kind of like the point that me and Kim's been talking about. There's a show I watch. Um, it's called Fresh and Fit Podcast. And he kind of he doesn't break them down like that, but he kind of, you know, brings them, you know, humbles them basically tells them hey you can't be looking for a guy who's a millionaire six two six pack and all you do is you have a only fans and you strip or you you have an instagram and all you're doing is getting halfway mm-hmm. naked that's not what he's looking for he's looking for you know mommy material or something like that someone who can bring something to the relationship and that was one of the questions we were going to have for one of our podcasts what do you bring to the relationship you know because there's always whatever, you know, whatever you don't have, your significant others should have to support you. And, and, and what, what you don't have, they should have. So like that, they, you know, you support them and, and vice versa like that. The, the, the relationship mesh, meshes way better than, you know, both of them looking for a 10 or, you know, a woman looking for a 6'2 person or Kim looking for a non-wounded duck. And and I understand what she means. She just she she's not looking for the dirty guy or the clean guy. She's looking for the guy that don't come with um, backlash. You know all the stuff that you know a hurt heart or something. You know that's that's gonna hurt her in the long run. Or she's gonna fix them up and then, like she said, they're gonna turn around and bite them once they're up on their feet. And and basically is like, ha, 
you fix me. I'm good. See you later. You know, I'm I'm done with you. You know, once she's upgraded them to a certain point. Yeah. See, my, now my whole standard is number one. He has to be in the word. I, you don't have to go to church every day, but you got to read. You got you got to familiarize yourself with God first of all. And who who was the creator? That's number one out of any man that I decide that I'm gonna take serious with, because you know you got to be. If you want me to submit to you and you lead, but who's who's leading you? So that's number one. That's that's the first thing I, I when I threw the balled up the paper of what I want. That's the thing I wrote on there. Number one, he has to let God lead him. So he can lead me. He has to be my Boaz. And for me to be his root, we have to come to God. So that's one. That's the biggest one I talk about all the time. All right. And then, uh, so the second question, this is uh, basically a rebuttal on a question we had before. Would you be willing to come into a relationship uh, with a your significant other that had kids, would that be an issue? Them already having prior kids or you having kids and them not accepting your current kids. So, okay. So that's, that's really two different questions. Cause I mean, you would know if they accept them or not, you know, until you get in it. But to answer the first question, I would, I mean, I have nine kids. So, um, I mean, how could I say that I couldn't talk to a woman with kids? Matter of fact, if something would ever happen between my wife and I, my next girlfriend would have to have kids because I can't give her anymore. So um, that would definitely be a requirement for me. Now, as far as I would get in the relationship with kids. Now, the question is, would I be willing to stay? There are certain things that I wouldn't be willing to deal with. And as long as those things fall in line and, and don't affect our relationship, then I would definitely get into that relationship. And to be a little more specific, if, if there's anything going on between her and her baby daddies, and I think the age of the kids have to have something to do with it, too, because if she has a newborn and, you know, more than likely she's probably still going to be messing with the baby daddy. But if the kids are like five, seven, ten or something like that, and they haven't been together in five, six years, I don't I, I would be more likely to pursue that relationship than somebody with a, with a brand new newborn baby. Yeah, that's kind of what, what me and Kim kind of mentioned. If if it's a, a young enough baby, yeah. then most likely he or she is running back mm-hmm. to the other one or got some kind of ties with them because it's, it's way too mm-hmm. recent. And, I mean, in my opinion, I came into a relationship with two boys. My fiance, she had two girls. I didn't have any issues. You know, as long as they accepted me, then I was okay. You know, my boys <clears throat> reluctantly did not accept her after the fact, almost a year later, you know, and to this day, they're still kind of iffy because they've been brainwashed by their mom. But, you know, we made it work. She's still hung in there and still, you know, talks to them and we, we try to make it work. But, you know, it's been many, many years, but I literally have no issue as long as, you know, everyone's OK. You know, she would have introduced me to her kids and, and they were like, well, you know, this, this and that. Then we'd probably have a long distance relationship and probably wouldn't have moved in together. I think it would have been a bigger issue at that point. Yeah. But you said something that was that was real big. Um, you stated because they were brainwashed by their mom. So coming into my relationship, my wife didn't have any kids and I had four mm. um, from mm-hmm. a um, pre- from my previous wife, my ex-wife. And one thing that I found out that she was doing when my kids would go home, she would be asking them questions like, um, what, what, did, what did she do to you all? Or what happened over there? Did she say this? Or what did she say? And one thing about kids, kids, they they prey on negative energy like that. If they know they can make something pop off between somebody or if somebody don't like them, they use that as leverage. So they would come home and, and like we, my, me and my ex-wife, we would like get into like heated arguments because she'll call me with this foolishness. I'm like, what are you talking about? As if I would let my kids be in danger or something like that. Mm -hmm. And then that's when I found out like later, like what was going on. And it's like, you kind of prompting or prepping these, uh, prompting them to actually say these type of ridiculous things. Cause if like my daughter right now, she's two years old. And if I say who hit you, she going to say somebody hit her. Even if nobody hit her at all, I can ask, (laughs) I can bring up here right now and put on the camera and say, mommy, who hit you? 
she gonna say mommy tucker she gonna she gonna say somebody name she might even say i hit her yeah and and that's not necessarily the truth mm -hmm. but if she get a reaction yeah. out of me exactly. by telling me whoever hit her she's gonna continue to do things like that and it's that reaction that makes kids do things like that and if you entertain that stuff as two adults you got to look past that because when my kids would call me and say that her boyfriend whooped them first and i ask my kids what you do mm -hmm. What you do? Yeah. I have never, ever called anybody that she was with and charged them up about anything that my kids told me. Mm -hmm. Because I know no most grown people, I'm not going to say there are not any out there, but most grown people not just going to, quote unquote, pick on a child for no reason. You had to have done something. Right. So what did you do? Yeah, and it's, it's exactly what you say, because what happened with, with us, like I said, the first year was, it was all hunkadory. We were going out. They would come here, you know, well, to my other house when we lived at that home. And they would, you know, we'll be playing video games. We'll be hanging out. I'll take them to the park and everything be great. And then within, I don't know, maybe uh, six to eight months down the line, all of a sudden I get this phone call and she's calling me. She's crying and crying and crying. And she's like, my kids came home and told me that you were forcing them to call that other woman uh, their mother and yada, yada, yada. I'm like, no, what I forced them to is say hi to her because we're in her house and she walked in from work and they didn't even acknowledge. Her. I was like, you're in their, her house. You know, you acknowledge her and said, hey, how you doing? You know, I, I you know, and, and they get that from their mom, that right there. Like there, I think I told Kim this before. Their mom could be face to face with someone and comes into their house and sits down in front of them and doesn't say a damn word. That is un, you know that rude. I don't even know. Yes. Yeah, it's rude yeah. as hell. And she she's done it many times. And I tell her, look, you're in their house. You need to say something. At least say hi. I was like, just because that's you know, let's say my brother's house or or my sister in law's house at the time. I was like, I'm going to say it because I know I'm coming into their house, but she won't. She was just, you know, cop an attitude and won't say anything. And then, you know, going back to the story, you know, she's I was like, look, you're overreacting. I've never told them to call her mom. All I said was say hello. You know, you're in her house. Say hello to her. Greet her. And that's it. And she was like, no, my kids don't have to do that. And, and you know, it was just like you said, it was just just going on and on. That's why I say they're brainwashed because. You know, when they come to my house now, they're like hunkadory. They're good. They'll talk to her. You know, we'll go out and do things. And then they get back to their house and that's it. It's like the relationship is over. It's like it's ended. You know, once they're with their mom, they're in their safe place. They feel like that's it. We're done. We don't have to say anything. We don't have to talk to her again or anything like See that. that. And it's been like that for years. That, that's, that's women that need, she need to go to therapy first of all. Cause I don't, I don't, I don't condone that at all. Like my, when my older kids was younger and they always, it was respect. You're going to show respect of whoever your dad is with and what happens in his house stays in his house, happen in my house, stay in my house. Long as they are not doing any inappropriate things to you, we're good. Yeah. So it, we never had that problem where we was going off on anybody or calling and, you know, having an issue or call back, he said, and she said you did and all this kind of stuff because she still, your ex is still caught up on that relationship with y'all because she using the kids as a pawn. They are blessing, not a pawn. And I don't believe in it. Like me and my ex has been apart for almost two and a half years. Now, like I told him, I never talked to him as a, as a, you know, on a personal level or a friend level, but I can show pretend for my son. But I know that you know how much I love this boy that you wouldn't allow anything to happen to him. So it's just like, I don't think that to me, it would not be an issue at all because I think that anybody, like they used to say it take a village to raise kids. So if someone would say to my younger two, I only got two that she's still young, hey, that, you know, you need to do this or, you know, trying to, you know, better them or see something and call it out to assist them to be better at what they is. I respect it. I respect that any man that 
come in and give advice, especially to a young man they see growing up. My older kids are like that. They never said nothing to, uh, 12 and a half years me and this dude been together. They never said anything negative when they walked in the house because we got the mm-hmm. house together. They 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 respected him. They respect, hey, hey, how you doing? And yeah, you know, we sat out down to dinner. We had barbecue, crawfish, and then they left. It was no issues because see, this is the thing women do. You tell your kids what's going on in your relationship. That's crazy. Those are kids. They don't need to know anything that's going on in that relationship or what's going on between you and their dad. All they need to know is we both love you. That's it. And that's exactly what she did. Told them everything. I mean, from the times that, like, there was one time they took my whole tax return because I was behind. I think I I told you the story, you know, because I gave her money and then we sold one house and I told her just take the money as child support until they start you know pulling it out and she went and told them oh yeah we got money from dad because you know they took his money and yada 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 and you know my son actually told me he's like dad um yeah mom said that we're gonna go get some new shoes because we took your money that's something he shouldn't Mm -hmm. even know that should just be money that goes into the bank account and she's taking care of them Mm -hmm. you know instead of telling them everything or tell them what's going on and, and when a kid knows way too much i think it, it, it hinders the relationship with this the other person because you know once they know oh you know me and your dad are doing this and we're arguing because of this or this and this and that you know they they actually feel that and they take that against you when they shouldn't because the relationship between you and your son or you and your daughter should be just you and them shouldn't have nothing to do with the other person at all yeah, i think that's true but but yeah um you, you said some um kids definitely have like a, a place um it's my wife right here she can join, she can in, join if she in, wants. in if she wants yes <laughs> you sit down for a second? Uh, sure. yeah um that, that's one of the main things like you definitely shouldn't put kids in grown people business like that's man once a child step cross those boundaries and stuff it, it's it can get it can get pretty bad real pretty bad yeah when they know too much is 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 it's the worst yes thing. and see that's the thing when when me and my ex uh separated it was like a conversation i had to have to the kids because i was like i had i came to them to apologize i'm sorry <laughs> and you know and they was like mom you don't have anything to be sorry for we love you and i said i want you to love your dad the same way so it it was that you know i do you know i apologize that it didn't work out like i i planned it to work out but i want y'all to love your your dad just like you love me because he helped made you so that's that should be the conversation yeah, any woman should have i think it's just a bitter bitter mm-hmm. person i don't want to say bitter woman you know just because of my situation but it's just the bitter person syndrome where they feel a certain way because of what happened in the relationship so of course they're gonna mention it to the kids and then you know try to bring the kids down like you say misery less company mm-hmm. so they're gonna they're gonna try and do everything they can to to make it worse and and I warned her and I told her, I mean, I don't know if she has a significant other by now. Probably not because she's weird as hell. But she, I'm sure that whenever she does have a significant other, my kids are going to act a certain way. Because one time I, we tested it, we met up for lunch, me, her, and we didn't tell the kids that it was going to be a surprise lunch. And she kept saying that she was going to meet up with a man meet up with a man and when they when they came to the table they were like who are you and they finally saw it was actually me and they were like man we were mad because mom said that she was meeting up with another man and this and this and that and i was like yeah i knew it was gonna go bad so do we want to ask uh tony's wife that that other question oh so so we didn't prep you for this one this one okay. came from another podcast, so. So here's the question: Is there such a thing as unconditional love? I think so, and I think you know marriage really tests that. 
you know, I think for me, like in my relationship, it's, it's time in my relationship with my husband, Tony Rose, there's times that like I want to kill him. And so for me, that's like when unconditional love comes in, you know, it's times that I can't stand him, that I want to kill him. But, you know, still being able to show him affection and to love him through that, for me, like that's unconditional love. Yeah, that okay. that I won't. That's you want to you want to rebuttal, Cam? I, I, I know I think that too. I mean, I didn't understand it when uh, the person that I was with told me he didn't like me. I was like, uh, wait a minute, how you don't like me? He said, no, I love you, but there's times that I don't like you. At the time we was together, I think we were, that was we was in that seven year uh, of our relationship when stuff started to shake a little bit, and I was like, what? And he was like, yeah, you can, you can be the most evilest person. Like, man, if I I was upset with him, I'm going to eat. You're not going to eat. I got the food. You just have to go make. And I'm going to cook now. I, I'm not going to not cook. Mm-hmm. But I ain't going to fix your plate. And I'll just turn and look at you, you know, because he was so used to his plate being made and handed to him. But I was just that evil at that time. Yeah. That's what he called evil. And so he was like, I, yeah. Yes, yeah, so I watch a lot of uh, videos and... I watched a, a few, I forgot what it's called. I can't remember what, what the videos are called, but this guy goes up to a lot of people on the street and basically asks them how long they've been together and how did they make it work? And I'd say 90% of the people, you know, they were, they've been in a relationship over 30, 40 years, 30 to 40 years. And what they've said is they learn to love the person even when they hate the person. Reason being is because there's, situations that you know you may do that will piss the other person off but they still love you it's just they hate you at that point because what you just did and then you don't learn and you continue to do it because i know my fiance told me hey there's some things that you do that i dislike and you still do it and i'm still (laughs) gonna do it because i do the things i do because you know that's how she met me you know, but if you tell me that, you know, it's going to be a, a deal breaker, then, yeah, I'm going to change and and not do certain things or, you know, and, and I know with, you know, certain relationships. I mean, we've been together, what, 10 years. Tony kind of kind of hit it on the nail. He's like 10 years and haven't been married. So that's me. We've been together about 10 years and we haven't been married yet. So, I mean, we're going to get married soon. Uh, I think all these podcasts are going to force me to end up getting married before the end of this year. I'm going to be the big flower girl in their marriage. <laughs> can, can I ask you, and you, can, you don't have to answer if you don't want to, why haven't y'all gotten married? That's what everybody asks. That's everybody everybody asks. Asks. So, I mean, I'm not going to make no excuses. I've made excuses in the past. It's, it's to me, and I feel, you know, just because she's never really said that it's that important to get married. She's never been married. I've been married once. And to me, I, I I feel at this point, we've been together so long, it'll just be a piece of paper at this point because we, we've got the joint accounts. We got the house together. It's like we're married. It's just we don't have the piece of paper saying it. And I mean, it. one of the biggest thing is she goes, she likes to go all out. So it's like originally we we're supposed to get married in Italy, Italy and because of COVID that kind of fell through. You know, and then we're like, let's do a destination wedding. Then we change it. You know, let's just, you know, let's just elope. And then we come back and have the family here in Houston, you know, celebrate or something like that. So eventually that may happen. I don't know. We're going to Dominican Republic in June. I may go get, you know, married in my country or something. I don't know. And then come back and, you know, have all the family. I mean, I did what I was supposed to do. I mean, I went traditional with it. I actually called her dad and asked for a hand in marriage and everything and bought her a ring and all that, you know, so I did it the right way. I did it traditional. I didn't get on one knee because that was supposed to happen somewhere else. And, you know, COVID just messed up everything, but I don't think there's no real reason why we haven't got married, except I just feel like it's just a piece of paper at this point in time. I think if it w- we would have been like two years into the relationship and we didn't have like the back and forth at, at any point in time, I think, we probably would have got married and did a whole shebang or things like that. Was that a good excuse? No, no, no. I mean, it, it makes <laughs> sense. Do y'all have kids? 
Uh, we don't have any kids together, but I came into a relationship. He had, she had twin girls, and I had two boys. Oh, okay. So I mean, I met family. them when they were like thirteen years old or so. So they twenty six now. So really, we kind of been together almost thirteen years. But it was like a couple of years. It was on and off. I was kind of wishy washy in the beginning. So are your boys grown too? Kim, Kim didn't know that. Yeah, my boys are. One is 21 and one is graduating uh, this month. So he'll be, he's 18 already, but since he was born in December, you know, he graduates this May. Oh, that's great. So y'all are not going to, so y'all won't even have like any kids in the house. Like y'all going to be empty. No, we don't have no kids. Our daughters moved out. As soon as they were going for their masters, they basically said, we're used to living on our own and they moved out. I said, okay. Don't you want to just save some money and get your master's while you're still here? They said, no. I said, see ya. And I started turning rooms into other things. So they 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 got their own apartment. Look, I'm I'm okay. Uh, I got fixed, so I can't have any kids anyway. But I told my fiance, if you ever want to have kids, they at least have to be above Happy Meal age. Like seven, eight, not waking up in the middle of the night. I don't need to be wet. I did that already, you know, two times back to back because my boys were like two years apart. I was like, nope, let's not do that. But she's okay with it. We travel a lot. So to us, is no point of having any kids. That's why we don't have any dogs either because once you start traveling, like we travel every year. So it's like, I don't want to look for a babysitter. I definitely don't want to, you know, put my kid in that, you know, in the plane and have the crying baby kid, you know, or anything like that. I, I can't do it. I, I get embarrassed myself, you know, if the kid starts crying. So I'm like, yeah, yeah I don't want to do it. I don't know how you feel about that. How do you feel about taking your kids on? I mean, I know somebody who has a newborn. Well, not newborn. They're twins and they're like less than a Well, I think they just made a year and they took them somewhere. And it was, I think it was the worst thing. I think they took to Disney World. Yeah, we did it, They don't enjoy yeah, it. I think, like, at a certain age, like, my, my two-year-old, like, my kid, we cruise a lot. Like, we cruise. We take seven, eight, nine cruises a year. Dang. And I know, like, yeah. last year. Damn. Yeah, last year, we took the boys Where on the hell four cruises. Where the hell Yeah. And so, because but they're older, though, so we got, we, they have their own room and everything, so, but my daughter, okay. Because the boys keep asking me, when are we going to take Tony Rose on the cruise? I'm like, when she get older, like, I wouldn't, she's two years old, so, well, she will be no. two next month. And I couldn't, no, nah, I'm, I'm, no, I'm not taking her on the cruise until she gets older. So, I think it's, yeah, it's all about yeah. the age. Um, yeah. A lot of kids, they don't and like they traveling. Don't remember, and the ears pop. Everything. Mm, yes. So, we took, huh? we you took, know. two summers ago, we took all the boys to Disney World. Um, but yeah. at the time, they were five six seven and nine mm-hmm. so you know it was good it was pretty good i think they were old enough well they'll remember because i always say that when we talking about i don't need them to be like oh well, i don't remember mm-hmm. where we got i need credit for all of this yeah so that it's yeah. kind of myself yeah. in this a yeah, little that's... bit too like i want her you know we want her to be like old enough mm-hmm. where she'll remember it mm-hmm. um but the cruise yeah I, really I believe good. it's a waste of money taking yeah, a two and they don't remember to the disney world because they're not going to remember anything yeah the cruising has been particularly good though because they have like a kid camp that's included with the mm-hmm. price. And so we still get to get, you know, alone time. And the kids, they like to go no. to the camp. So that's been like the best method for vacation for us and the kids. I mean, we do like Great Wolf Lodge or like Kalahari, like the little water park resorts. Mm-hmm. Um, but really the cruising has been like the best one. Yeah. It's weird because I've I travel a lot. And I, I've only been on one cruise. And, like, I've been, like, everywhere. Like, Curaçao, Dominican Republic, you know, uh, uh, where is it? Uh, where I just went to Barbados last year. You know, it's, we go everywhere, but cruising is not the thing. What are you going to say, Kim? Yeah, I took, waited till the kids got older. We waited till they got older to take them on the cruise because, you know, the water, we didn't know how they was going to act. So, I think our son. You really can't feel the water on, on, I first, on the boat. Look, if you do like a, the little small fishing mm-hmm. boats like I go on. See, the first yeah, time I was it, on there, I felt it. I had horrible. to take the motion sickness pills the first day, uh-huh. and then I was good. My first time on there. 
But yeah, we waited till he got like, I think Chayden was like seven and we took him and he, yeah, he That's remembered everything. So this year I want to go, but I'm being selfish and I don't want to go with them, but they do their own thing because of the camps and to go get their own food. But I'm being selfish. It's for me. So I'm going to take y'all. We're going to go to Six Flags, you know, the beginning of May. That's y'all little trip. So I can get the cruise by myself. So, but, um, yeah. I'm single right now. I got to enjoy it. Like, yeah. I said 13 mm-hmm. years. I had I haven't had my own bed for 13 years. So I'm happy to have my own bed <laughs> to to enjoy myself, to know myself. <laughs> so are y'all are you recently single? Uh two and a half years. It's gonna be two 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 and a half years next month. Oh, okay. So that's not recent. recent enough, you know. So I mean, I guess not. And you know, when you over a person, I, you know, people's like, yeah, I was together for so long, but the last year was so petty. We were so petty that we knew it was over. Because I mean, we didn't want to sleep in the cat on the couch in the other room when the older kids move out. It was nothing but a chair in that room. So we actually slept in a bed under different blankets it's crazy that's how petty it was we was in the same bed with different blankets so yeah he just got married a couple of weeks ago oh so how long were y'all married we was together we never did get married we did the 12 and a half years the wedding dress and the the ring but we didn't get married i had my first marriage i was married 10 years but this one we didn't go there because it was just stuff started going crazy we got pregnant with my son almost immediately after we got together it was just the ups and and i started seeing like i'm on a roller coaster with this dude these emotions are not really good and so we we bought the dress and it just been sitting there i still got it to this day and the ring but i was happy for him i'm you know glad because i think that he needed somebody to match his his Mm -hmm. cycle or somebody that was harder to to take the the stuff but i you know people's like why did you find out about your ex i didn't find out somebody just you know said on you know did you know he got married i was like congratulations i have nothing against it i wish him all the best you know so that's the thing i was like i don't want to curse myself because i was like i don't want to ever be married i want to be single for the rest of my life i was like nah that's not what god has for me and Whatever he has for me, he got to show me. They got to knock at my door and say, Kim, Jesus sent me to you to be with you. But that that's how it had to come pretty much for me to be. Because I right now, I'm just like letting it, trying to get back, know myself, get closer mm-hmm. to God. Then I need, I need to be real close with him because I don't try to fix and push shit together. That's, I'm, I'm, I'm the worst at trying to put stuff together. I'm. So I got a question for Tony mm-hmm. and his wife. You think I think you made oh me forget God. it. Hold on. Let me see. So, okay, here it goes. So when you guys argue, because every couple argues, how long before you guys reconciliate? Not even say I'm sorry, but you just go back to normal like nothing ever happened. Well, for how me, long does it take I, for I you guys? I don't stay mad long. I don't. <laughs> She's smiling. Like, like. like we we arguing, and I'm done with it. Once once we say our last words, I'm done. Mm-hmm. Now her on the other hand is different. <laughs> yeah, that's why I was laughing. I'm, I'm working on it. It's it's a lifelong journey because I am a grudge holder, Ooh. and I've gotten better. But like the old me, when we were like newly married, I would like not talk to him for like a day or two straight, like not say anything. Mm-hmm. Because I would be like that upset and like, you know, holding on to the situation. Mm-hmm. But, you know, yeah. I'm working through, I've been to therapy myself like a couple of times, personal therapy, and we've been to marriage counseling a couple of times. Mm-hmm. And so I've, I've, you know, kind of working through being able to let things go. Mm-hmm. Um, I try not to let it linger the way that I used to, but I'll be honest, I mm-hmm. still, I, I don't have the time down as much as I would like to. I would like to, you know, kind of let things pass. We discuss it. It's over with. It's resolved. But, you know, now I'd say it's maybe like, you know, maybe hours, something like that. <laughs> it's way better than like a day or two, but it's, it's still not where I want to be. You know, I would like to be able to just 
most women i don't i don't want to say they hold the grudge but they they need closure when when they argue with the man and, and i know this cuz i'm a big person that if we argue we argue and i'm not going to continue the argument i'm just going to walk away and let you just keep talking you know and then my fiance would be like well you started this or you know you you wanted to talk about this and you just walk away you know and she'll she'll be upset for a few days i mean she'll still talk to me cuz she has to cuz we normally do everything together and we always you know any project that i do she wants to have her input in it so she's going to talk to me but is going to be like just about that and nothing else but i i think more more women tend to hold that it's not so much a grudge but they they want that closure they want the man to say i'm sorry i did this you know mm-hmm. and i think it's, and it's the on. emotional part of us too mm-hmm. you know women yeah. are very emotional yeah. and yeah. not that it's an excuse but i think it's that emotional piece in us that wants closure that wants some resolve to the situation because yeah. i think that's what happens to us with us a lot too and don't even be thinking it's over weird and i'm like no nah, this ain't over mm-hmm. like well so what is the solution like are you going to apologize like what's gonna be the resolve to this and not, when i mind, walk away that's that's uh-uh. the resolution see i'll before i get mad this is what i've learned back being back in therapy i asked a question first hey so what did you mean when you said this so i'm analyzing hey hmm did you mean this when you said because i'm playing matlock right now i'm, I'm putting all the facts and everything <laughs> together huh so you didn't answer that right. Now I got an attitude with you. Because now, and then that's when I let it go for days trying to put this puzzle together to ask the question. And then when I finally kind of get what I need, oh, I'm mad now. Like, I'm going to curse you out. I'm mad. And then I'm going to be like, I'm done with it. After I didn't curse you out, I'm I'm good. I got it out. We can go back and be in friends after that. But I'm, I'm going to put this matlock to, to I, case together. You know, I'm hey. I just wait a few I, days. It, eventually she'll start talking to me and we'll resolve it one way or another. It, it'll just come to an end, even though I haven't said I'm sorry, unless it's something I did and it was stupid. Of course, I'm going to say I'm sorry or, you know, apologize, you know, for what I did wrong. But if I don't see me being wrong and we're arguing about something that I was right, I'll just let it just keep going until we both just just start talking normal. Like nothing ever happened. It, it happens, you know, one day later. You know, we'll go out together, and and that's it. That's that's the end of the story. We'll just continue like nothing ever happened, and you know, I the think, argument. I um, think that's one not. of the. I think that's one of the, the biggest things right there, the right and the wrong. Because mm-hmm. sometimes it's a fine line between what's right or who's right and who's wrong. And, and I think you know, um, sometimes uh, you know, just say it, say it. Women always think they're right. You right. can say it. Yeah. Me too. <laughs> But but it's like I, I no, even when we're right, we're still wrong in a woman's eyes. Just right. I mean, and, and that's what gets be honest. It, it, it when, happens. That's what's frustrating to me when I present you the facts, and and it's like, how could you? Oh, not I don't see hear it. That you're wrong, and it's like, I, I don't know. And I get so frustrated. That's why I'm like, okay, I'm done with it. And you know, I just I'm, I'm done. I'm through with it because it is not going to do anything but escalate into something that. That's gonna get out of control for everybody, so that's why. Yeah, I some small just but turn what, into something. What kind of upsets me sometimes because I'm like, well, is it more important for you to be right, or is it more important for you, you know, not to cause this argument? Like, do you want to be right, or do you want to like help your relationship thrive? Like, it's like, I mean, is it really that important to be right? Sometimes it's not the fact of being right; it's just knowing in your mind that you're 100 right, and you remember it the way it happened and that other person's like no that's not how it happened i remember it word for word but you know because like i'm not good with names like you said your name when you came on camera i can't even remember it. i'm not good with names so it's like certain things i can't remember but if i meet you more than once or twice then i start to remember your name but certain things like my memory the way my memory works is it's like a video just replaying and I can I can remember step by step what happened during that conversation and I know exactly so I, that's why I, certain times I know I'm 100% right 
because that video just replays it and it's it's in my mind and I know what happened. But yeah, if if I can't remember, I'm just gonna drop it and be like, you know, the hell with it. I'm not gonna continue yeah. to argue because it, I'm I I can't remember it, so I'll just leave it well, alone. See, I'm, I just make it I'm seem like I'm right. I'm the person. Whatever you say, I remember it to the T. Cause I like so-called my friend that I'm dealing with be like, no, I didn't say it that way. I said, well, okay, on March 31st, you said at 3:45 this way. And this is what the conversation was surrounding. And this is the way you said it. And it's not like that. I mean, that's what I go back to. That's always my problem. And I was told by somebody else, I put people on trial all the time. I'm trying to work on that. Really trying not to. That's why. I, I mean, you're always trying no, to be right. I, I'm really trying to understand what they mean. And so I'll wait a couple of days but they have to see and i always try to tell people i wanted to be a lawyer and then anybody who meet me and get close to me they gonna know my favorite shows i'm gonna watch it's gonna be matlock it's gonna be monk and it's gonna be perry mason those it i wanted to be a lawyer so bad oh yeah but i I, I think you're gonna say like law and order that could be not off-putting or like intimidating to a man but i could see that a little bit because it's almost like it's a fine line between like holding a person accountable mm-hmm. and like yeah. you know battering. You gotta watch. Well, what I should say, say battering, yeah. but like, like you said, like being a, like in, interrogating yeah. them all the time yeah. because it turns into like the whole mama you know type syndrome. It's like and men, well, men and women like have difficulty you know dealing mm-hmm. with that. So it's a fine line. It's not saying that you can't hold anybody accountable. Mm-hmm. But when everything yeah. is like always an interrogation, it's like, oh, am I gonna get in trouble or something? You know, I could see how it could make, you know, a person feel that way. Yeah, I have that. And I was read my rights. It was like my supervisor told me. That's who nobody has ever told me that. He was the one that said, Kim, you put people on trial. You know that, right? You got to give people grace because you want grace. So give them grace. And I'm trying my best. But don't say I'm, you know, mixing things up or I'm taking, I'm in my head or I'm, taking stuff and turning it because I'm going I'm to read it to you. But I try to hold it in. Jesus, I'd be sitting there rocking and be trying. It's hard, but to, to change something after you, you know, turning 47, changing that to go back to like 16, like trying to break that pattern that you've done for years. So, yeah, I mean, my ex wouldn't say nothing. You got to you gotta pick your I battles. I do, but don't you can't you can't you can't win every battle like like i know there's certain things i can win on and certain things i can't like stuff coming to the house every damn day from amazon and all these random abercrombie and all these companies is gonna happen but i know that out of 20 things that come maybe 10 of those things go back because you know you're shopping online so i just pick my battles i i know eventually half of that stuff is going to go back so i'm okay with it but you know i just you know tell her hey just watch the spending you know let's let's not go overboard we got 50 projects going on since we bought this house i mean we've been in this house what going on three years now and there's been a project every month so far you know since we moved in i mean we didn't move in till like two months later because we gutted out the whole house and I, I'm like, you know, just we'll buy something and then like, let's say we buy a couch and then two months later, it's like, oh, I don't really like this couch. I don't, it don't really match the room. And that's mm-hmm. it. That's it. I sell it and I just go buy another one. It's like, OK, now what are we going to do? Same thing over and over. The indecisiveness. Mm. Yeah. I mean, we, we redesigned the house a few times, so it's like. Yeah, you, you can't have a, a designing women. <laughs> yeah, see, but that she's laughing. That's that's. Uh, I think I'm kind of <laughs> like that. It's at first when I uh, started like dealing with uh, people, I didn't know what I wanted. I did I want a relationship? Did I not want a relationship? I know what I deal with. So I was kind of, I had people all kinds of ways. So now I know. I had to say, yeah, I don't want to be in a relationship if nobody can respect what I got going on because I got school, other ventures going on. Because you, when you're in a relationship, that person becomes number one. 
and I don't want to do that right now again. So I'm so in, I was indecisive just about what I wanted to do, but I know I want to find me and I want to be, I ain't going to say a hundred percent whole because there's not a hundred percent person. I want to be at least 50%. And once I find that person, so I'm trying to just walk that, that road by myself and do what I need to do. But I did want to ask, and I did want to bring y'all on again about being, everybody has talked to recently has been married to somebody in the military. Half of them are divorced. Half of them are still the 20, the last one we had on 27 years of marriage. How difficult mm -hmm. is that? If, if I, I used to have an issue being away from my significant other a day. So y'all months away from each other. So I definitely want to ask those questions. Uh, Tony said, "What eight months? The first time? The, the first appointment? Yeah, it was well about yeah, it was about eight nine months. And what really made it difficult? I was pregnant, mm. so he didn't get to meet. I was like eight and a half months pregnant when he went on the first deployment, and so he didn't meet our oldest son together until he was like about nine months. Um, so yeah, it it was difficult. If you could imagine, like being pregnant, it was my first child." And like now my husband is leaving like right before I have that couple of weeks before I have the baby. I mean, thankfully I have a very supportive family. So they really helped me out, but it was very, it was, it was hard. It was real difficult. It was really hard. I imagine Tony, you didn't, Tony didn't want to help. <laughs> he made sure he got deployed. It just happened like that. <laughs> that wasn't the plan. I've been through that. And everybody I've talked to is now, I've never talked to more couples that's been in the military or raising kids with a military man or a female. I mean, it's just, it's been so recent now. So now I'm like, hmm, is that, I used to run from military people, but I see <laughs> some people make it work, so. Yeah, I think you can. I'm, I'm, I'm sure like it's challenging. I mean, we've only went through one like longer deployment like that. The rest were like kind of shorter stints. But I couldn't imagine, you know, people going through several deployments, you know, and it's hard. You just have to, you know, trust both parties. And sometimes, you know, some people are not always faithful, you know, while they're on deployment and that kind of thing. And they, you know, they're with these people every day and they, you know, make relationships and fall in love with other people. And, you know, unfortunately, how do you go back to your other life when you've been with this person every day for like a year? Now y'all, they really almost have like a whole family, you know? They're in love with each other. So it's, it's almost like, what can you do? It's, it's funny you mentioned that because um, I actually had a friend um, who his wife basically made him get deployed, you know, made it seem like they needed money and made him get deployed many times because she was having relationships here locally and i think one time she even went to it the extent of wanting to buy some land and met up with the brother-in-law with the other guy looking at land but oh, she, she left him in the car but yeah yeah but i mean it's crazy because i think the whole family knows because, I mean, there's no reason for him to get deployed that many times. I mean, unless you, you know, you can look for, for jobs, you know, overseas. I think he's going to like Kuwait, so it's not as bad. But um, I know that since I've known them, he's got deployed three to four times already. And, and one of those times, we know for sure that she was hanging around with that dude and brought him around to go look at other land while his guy while her man was deployed and she was trying to buy land with basically their money. Wow. So I don't know who was going to move into the house, but <laughs> that's terrible. But yeah, it's, it's a lot of unfaithful stuff going on when it comes to that. Yeah. See, I didn't know Tony was in the military, so we definitely gonna have to bring y'all back on with a couple of military folks because I was told y'all was crazy. Don't mess with the military, Navy, Air Force. Don't touch them at all. They psycho. I, I ran from y'all. But I don't think a lot, a lot of people I've met now, not maybe two of them, probably kind of crazy. But uh, y'all actually down to earth people. I mean, I guess it's what you've been through when you over there. So that's a, that makes a difference. 
but they just told me they fed y'all stuff and y'all crazy. So that's what I'm only crazy <laughs> military people I met was anybody that was in the seals or um, a green beret or any of those ones that go in first, you know, in the front line. Those are the crazy ones. Cause I know a lot of military people and even my father-in-law, he's military and he's, he's, I mean, he wasn't a green beret. I think he was in the army, but he's not crazy. I mean, I, I know, I know one guy from the Marines and we used to go paintballing and certain things would trigger in his mind. Like, I guess it took him back to like when he was in war and he would just sit there and I was like, Hey man, you got a duck, you know, you're going to get hit with the paintballs. And, and his other friend was really, really crazy. Cause this dude thought he was still in the military when we were playing paintball. Cause I used to do a lot of paintballing five years ago. And this guy went running and diving through windows in these little shacks that we were playing. Like he was real, like he had no pads cause it was like maybe his second time paintballing. And this dude was just like running and, and the, the place we were at, it was uh, out there like in Cyprus. And it was like uh, almost like an old Western town, um, the way it was set up. And it was like the one saloon had the, like the saloon doors. This dude went running and dove through the saloon doors and got hit in the head and dove through a window. And I told my friend, I was like, man, I don't think he belongs out here because this dude is kind of whack. He's, he's going to end up getting hurt. I mean, I had pads because I, I used to do a lot of night paintballing too. So I had all my gear. You know, I was pretty much halfway professional at that point. But this dude here was was just like no neat, no pads, just shorts, just running through stuff. And I'm like, man, I think this dude still think he's like in the military and like fighting a war the way he was doing. What branch were you in, Tony? Army. You look like Army. Yeah. Yeah, I kind of figured you were army. How, how army look? I, I, huh? I mean, it's it's just like clean cut. Everybody I know from from the army, they re- rarely have a beard. Like my father in law is like that. He was in the army. Um, I have a couple of friends that were in the army, clean cut, always wearing like a hat like that, you know, <laughs> and always bald. Like once once they lose like one speck of hair, they just shave it all off. I mean, it's. I mean, I don't think there's any look to it, but I just kind of know when people were in the army compared to like the Marines, because they don't just say I was I was deployed. But, uh, people in the Marines is like I was in the Marines, you know, Semper Fi, hoorah, you know, and all that. <laughs> they, they're kind of more into it more than Army people right. or like Navy. And then I got a Coast Guard friend who doesn't even say he's a Coast Guard person or feels like he was in the military because everybody makes fun of him and calls him a coastie they're like you're you're like you're nothing so i, I mean I, I got friends in in a lot of branches so but there's no look i know you're like man what does he mean what does army look like i just know it's just i don't know every time but i kind of know so that kind of wraps up our podcast unless y'all have questions for us Nah, I don't. I don't have any questions. I definitely um, thank you guys for welcoming me, welcoming me to the podcast, and let my wife come in and, and you know sit with us for a minute. So um, we, we'll definitely have to get on some more. Po- I told them that we we do used to do podcasts and stuff too, and yeah. and man, it was mm-hmm. we've had some crazy conversations yeah. and stuff. So um, mm-hmm. definitely not out of our yeah. The more people we, we have joined, the- yeah, we definitely love to come back. We have. Kind of unique scenario, you know. We have a blended family. My husband's been in the military. We're like ten years apart yes. in age, so we have a lot of. We've been through a lot of things, you know, through our relationship, and so we kind of have a yeah. lot of experience with a lot of things. As long as it doesn't make y'all fight on I'm the camera, look, look, when you get off, y'all just no. It's just up. you know, I, I've had that before because I, I had another podcast I was doing and. The person I was interviewing, I asked certain questions and like two days later, the wife would like reach out and be like, yeah, I don't think we're ever coming to the podcast because, you know, we, we started speaking too many truths and, you know, it it kind of messed up the relationship. And I'm like, cool, you know, or they said something that the significant other never knew about, you know, because they what didn't have like an open relationship. So I figured 
you know, <laughs> something would happen, you know, just let me know. Just yeah. tell me, hey, we're cut like, that out. We're, we're really open, both of us, because we always feel like, you know, if our story is like a testimony to somebody else, you know, it's, it might be another couple yeah. that's going through this and like, no, we get a divorce. Like, you know, this is over with. And then sometimes you hear of yeah, a certain couple, you hear of another story and hear how they got through it. You know, we always see like our situation as a testimony. And we've been through a lot of stuff and neither one of us are like embarrassed. You know, it's like, yeah, we went through it and we still here. And we still going. Yeah. I mean, because you can also mm-hmm. look at it like, like these podcasts can also be a form of therapy, you know. Because yeah. um, if you guys can say something That's that I can exactly apply to myself or we say too. something that someone else can apply, you know. It's all, we all, it's all love. We all Yeah, because it's, it's always good that... Yeah, it's always good to hear like different sides, like my opinion, mm-hmm. Kim's opinion, y'all's opinion. Mm-hmm. You know, it just just as long as I mean, everybody has an opinion. As long as you let people express themselves, mm-hmm. you know, that that's what the podcast is for. Because I don't what you said. I'm not going to say, hey, that's wrong. You know, that's that's your opinion. You, you you dealt through it. You've been through it. You know, but your point of view is totally different than Kim's and, and mine, because you know, my, my point of view is what I've been through. You know, hers is what she's been through. So, you know, you'll never hear her say, no, nah, that's wrong. Yeah. You know, unless we, we, we can have rebuttals, kind of like what we had mm-hmm. today when we spoke about the children mm-hmm. and, the, and the podcast and things like that. But, well, thank you very much for coming on the show. I'm, yeah.